Mommy, listen. Listen, Mommy, said Xander from the back seat. Do you want to hear a joke? Listen, what, what is Donald Trump's favorite gum for to chew? It's huge. Do you get it? Huge gum. Why is that funny? What does giant Oompa Loompa mean? Aren't they all tiny? Xander, at the time, was seven years old. And then and now, our sweet son. His grade school is in the bike wheel-spoked heart of Southeast. So even though it's not a Montessori school, it is, if you know what I mean. The ugliness and anxiety of this particular election had been banned from our home. So what Xander brought home about the election, he got secondhand from his friends overhearing their parents mainly. In the spirit of equal time, he also brought home the following, quote, Daddy, both you guys, if Hilton Denton makes president, she's only going to wear jumpsuits. When I was our son's age, I got an autographed picture of then-President Jimmy Carter. Even though I was already on the liberal track by birthright, the day I got that photo was probably my very first day of being an official lifelong Democrat. I put Jimmy Carter's photo in the same album as my grade school friends and myself and was extremely smug and excited at the thought of maybe one of my parents' friends one day asking to look at the album. Oh, this? I'd say casually, yeah, certainly. You may look through it. Here, uh, here's my friend Tammy Dalton. Oh, Tammy, I, I remember the way she was always saying things like, hope you have a good summer. This is my friend Lori Torlickson. She has a stuffed horse, so big you can sit on it. This is my friend Jimmy Carter. He is president of the fucking United States. This is my friend Stacy Clement. Her dog had worms. I'd bring the album with me to the table when we had company for dinner, but no one ever asked to look through it. President Jimmy Carter sent a letter along with a photo which read, Dear Citizen, Thank you for taking the time to share your thoughts and for giving me your valuable insight. I welcome your viewpoint. God bless you and your family, your friend, your friend, and then his signature, Jimmy Carter. I realized not that many years later, it was obviously a form letter, and even the signature itself was a stamp. But the main thing was, excuse me, how many of my fellow classmate citizens had gotten a letter from the president in which the president pretty much told God to look out for them? None of them. That's how many. Zero of them. Not even Lori or Stacy, who had the honor and distinguishment of being the friends I chose to bookend my friend, President Jimmy Carter, in the album. The reason I'd gotten the letter was that by age seven, I'd already begun the formation of the everything would be a whole lot better if everyone would just simply do what I wanted them to do attitude that would serve me so well in Southeast Portland so many years later. Along the stretch of gravel road that ran between our Iowa farmhouse and a church about three miles up, my parents and I would sometimes take grocery bags and then walk up one side and down the other picking up the trash that people had thrown from their cars into the ditch. I hasten to point out this was not my idea, and it was not fun, and it did not fill me with the doesn't-it-feel-good-to-do-good feeling, especially after my brother was born, as he got to ride in a baby backpack with my dad and pick up zero trash because, oh, he was just a baby. You got hands to grab, you got hands to grab trash, were my feelings on the matter, but I was overruled. It doesn't take more than just a few beer bottles filled with pee or handfuls of chewing gum melting in the sun to make a person start entertaining some deeply negative thoughts towards the unknown throwers of the trash. 
A book called Litterbugs Come in Every Size was a big hit at the time, and the illustrated litterbugs were really monsters in disguise, and that's how I pictured them, the gravel road garbage tossers. Pickup trucks filled with and driven by wall-eyed, bright-colored goblin things with stretched-out mouths, overfilled with teeth, laughing and flinging soiled diapers and single socks and partially chewed burger bits and candy wrappers and huge sweeping arcs in either direction. It was following an especially gruesome session of ditch-picking in which biting ants inside a Pepsi can featured heavily that our second-grade teacher had the class pick a living famous person to write a letter to. Think about someone you could share something important with, she said. Something you have in common, maybe. Something you want to be. Something you really love. Something you really hate. Bingo, I thought. Dear President Jimmy Carter, I wrote. My name is Daria. I am seven. I love peanut butter so much. This was a lie, but I was nobody's fool. I had done my research on the man. I am writing to help you solve a big problem. People keep throwing trash out of their cars. Some of the trash is bad trash. If you made a law that no one was allowed to throw trash, this would be good. You could make everybody go to jail for one year for every piece of trash they throw. Okay, so that might sound excessive or aggressive to you, but may I remind you, bottles with pee in them, pee-filled bottles and ant bites. I could have asked the president to institute corporal punishment for litter and mandatory garbage collecting for all babies, but I didn't. Yours truly, Daria. Things were tense for a while in the classroom when Julia Vineman got a letter back from Buffy St. Marie as seen on Sesame Street, and then Robbie Cockrum got a letter from some guy who occasionally answered Evil Knievel's phone for him. But then the letter came from 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, the White House, and hello, excuse me, I win, I won everything, forever. Except for a few weeks, a few months, a few years afterwards when Littering didn't stop even a little bit, and I realized my law had never been passed. It was my first feeling of a politician letting me down. Jimmy Carter thinks he's so great with his Habitat for Humanity, his decades of tireless charity work, his legacy of endless sacrifice for the benefit of others. I guess he just really loves garbage. Xander's dad, my husband Dallas, is from Canada. He's lived in the States off and on for 30 plus years, so he's virtually Americanized, except when it comes to things like controversial elections. And then he goes full Canuck. Do you know what happened to the prime minister a few years back, he said, when I came home hysterical from something I'd read on Facebook? Some guy walked into his house and walked into his bedroom and hit him in the face with a pie. And it wasn't even huge news. I don't know how all these things get so insane. Ask Dallas about the current Canadian Prime Minister, and he's likely to say something about the Doonesbury comic. It's not that he's not utterly invested in the best possible future for our son. It's that you do what you can with your vote and with campaigning. But at the end of it all, people knew and know their own minds from the beginning. Government is important, but it isn't everything. The president is important, but he or she is most definitely not everything. The sky isn't falling yet, and it's almost definitely not going to. Trying to be happy in our own lives, day after day, loving the people around us, and finding reasons to share joy when we find it, will be par for the course today, and par for the course after voting ends, and whoever ends up being voted for 
takes one seat or another. We're Americans for smart or dumb, and we eventually figure it out. We're going to be okay. Sorry, I meant I'm going to be okay. I married a Canadian. <laughs> oh, thanks to, to said Canadian for figuring it out. What kind of gum does Trump like? Bigly gum. Bigly gum. Huge gum is kind of equally funny. Not funny.